Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 357 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be back in your earbuds again this week. And I am going to start this episode off with a quick request. If you have not left a rating or review wherever you listen to this show, you've heard me say it before, and I say it because it's true. It really does help the algorithm and getting this show out to more women just like you. So if you you like this show, if you've been listening since the beginning, or you are new, but it's supported you in one way or another in your love life, or maybe your financial life, I would be so appreciative if you left a rating or review. It literally takes a few seconds to tap some stars. And then if you've got an extra 60 seconds, you can leave a review. And right now, I would say Apple Podcasts and Spotify are probably the most important places to leave reviews. You can definitely re- leave a review in both places. But if you listen elsewhere, really anywhere counts. And I really, really appreciate it. Okay, let's get to today's episode. I'm really excited. I've got an old client onto the show. Her name is Antoinette, and she was actually on the show, oh goodness, probably a couple of years ago. And I've only recently started having repeats back on the show because, well, 
actually, it was my podcast producer <laughs> who gave me the idea that it would be kind of interesting to see, okay, like, where are they now? What's what's worked? Where are they still feeling challenged? Where are they surprised? Where have they grown? So if you need a refresher or want a refresher, or you don't remember Antoinette's episode at all, we'll put that link in the show notes so you can listen back to it. You don't need to listen to that episode first before this one by any stretch. But you know, at some point, you might listen to that just so you can kind of see how she's progressed and grown. The thing about coaching is that It's so, um, and I think this is not just coaching, but just any kind of growth or healing is that in some ways, like when you look back on it, it is pretty linear, but when you're on it or looking ahead, it, it's not linear (laughs) at all. But when you look back, you can say, oh, well, I can see how this led to that, or I needed to learn this in order to be able to do that. And it all makes a lot of sense. But when you're in it, it can feel like complete mayhem. Or when you're at the beginning, it can feel like, holy shit, how do I get from here to there? So what I really like about coaching, especially especially like when it's within defined containers, meaning like we're going to work together for six months or whatever it is, you have your point A, right? Your point A is where you are right now. You don't have to like it. You don't have to love it. uh, But it is what your reality is. And then you set these goals and intentions that you want to achieve or reach by the end of our coaching container, and we call that point B, right? But then when we get to the end of the coaching container, you are at some version of point B. It's probably not exactly what you initially intended because a lot of stuff happens during your coaching and uh, a lot of unexpected things, usually good things. Sometimes things throw you through a loop, so it's not always quote unquote good. But regardless, you certainly are at a new, you're at your point B. It may not be the point B you intended, but ultimately what that means is you're at a new point A because now you're like, okay, I've gone through all of this. I've healed that. I've worked on this. I've looked at that. Now, where am I? And where's the next place I want to be? So I'm at my new point A, where's the next point B? And I really like this because it's chunking down a lot of big goals and aspirations. And I think this is so powerful and important in order to be able to get to the big things, right? So like the big things are often a long-term relationship, some sort of financial stability, perhaps some sort of dream job, perhaps a dream house or a place you really want to live or a community and a friendship group that feels really supportive and vibrant. And these are really big goals that can feel like, whoa, really, really daunting, right? And almost a little intimidating and and can be actually to the point where you feel almost, um, gosh, I don't even know where to begin, right? So it feels a little like analysis paralysis. But when you chunk it down, like, okay, here's my point A, what's the next few steps I can take? What's my next point B that I can maybe reach in, you know, three to six months, even if you're not working within a formal coaching container with me or anyone else, you can still do this for yourself. You can do it by the seasons, you can do it by the moon cycles, you can do it by your birthday, you can do it by whatever, you know, system or you know, thing that measures time you you want to use. But what are some of those smaller chunks, those some of those smaller goals that you need to achieve that will help you to reach the long-term thing, right? Like if you want a long-term 
deep loving relationship, but you know that you have some people pleasing patterns, you know that you'll probably have to look at some of those patterns and specifically certain boundaries you need to set first before being in the kind of relationship you want is likely or even possible. So anyways, that's why I've been having more folks on the show um, that were previously on the show. So whether or not you are or have been a client of mine, if you've been on the show, and it's been at least two years, and you'd like to come back on to do a kind of update, but then also where's your next point B and where are we going now kind of coaching call, then um, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcasting. And you can put your name on the wait list. By the time you're listening to this episode, well, I'm releasing this in early May. I mm, I don't know if I'll be doing any more coaching episodes before I go on maternity leave, but I will be doing a lot of coaching episodes in the fall. So if I could get, you know, kind of that wait list built up so I have folks to reach out to to schedule those calls in September when I get back, that would be fantastic. And again, depending on things, I might do some coaching episodes between now and when I leave for having my baby. I just, uh, depends on, depends on what I need in terms of getting the podcast all ready to go, uh, for my maternity leave. Anyways, so we'll put, um, Antoinette's original episode in the show notes. Again, you don't have to listen to that first, although you're certainly welcome to if you want, but I definitely would queue it up at some point on your playlist. Um, so I really like Antoinette's question. I can actually relate to a lot of it. If you've been following me for a while, you know that I spent a good part of my 20s traveling. And so Antoinette is in this period of what she calls transition. Well, I don't know if she calls it specifically, but a lot of transition, right? Like she is living in a certain place and she knows she's going to be moving. And also she's in this period of becoming a new version of herself. So she's kind of thinking like, should I be dating? Is it wrong to be dating? Is it even worth the effort? And, you know, the answer is always going to be nuanced and it depends (laughs) on the person and the situation and what their goals are. But one thing that I will say is that if you are taking this path of like always being at a point A, traveling to your point B, making that your new point A, getting to your next point B, you're always in a period of transition, whether that's physically like moving or not physically and more of like an internal transformation. And so I don't think even though, you know, I'm talking about, oh, point A, point B, there still really is no place to eventually get to. Um, It's like that kind of cheesy quote, happiness is about the journey, not the destination or whatever it is. But it's along the same idea. If you feel like you have to wait until this thing happens, whether it's a new job or you get to a certain place with your health or you get to a certain place with your money or you get to even a certain location and then you can date, you can play this game forever. And honestly, when I look back at my own life over the past 10 to 15 years, Stephen and I are coming on our 10 year anniversary, which I'm super excited about. Well, 10 year anniversary of like knowing each other, not being married. Um, But when I look back at that, I really do feel like I had gone through like a huge transformation because that's where I really, really healed a lot of my, you know, I didn't have a diagnosed eating disorder, but I would just call it disordered eating or just unhealthy relationship to food, something along those lines. Um, I really healed a lot of that. So I really did feel like I was in this big transformation and I had gotten quote unquote there. 
right? But then looking back, I was like, oh, honey, <laughs> you were just at the beginning, right? Um, it's completely wild, completely different. You know, in some ways, he didn't know what he was signing up for when he first started dating me. And I guess in some ways, like, same here. Do you know what I mean? But it's like honestly been for the better. So what I'm trying to say is embracing the change and embracing the transition, embracing that you're always on the quote unquote journey will help you actually stay more present so that you can still reach for the things that you want in your life now, rather than constantly putting it off until some arbitrary date in the future. So I want you to keep all of this in mind as you listen to my conversation with Antoinette. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Hi, Antoinette. Welcome to the show, or I should really say welcome back to the show. (laughs) Thank you for having me again. I'm super excited that you are back and what we're going to be working on today. Before we get there, I just would love to hear a little bit about, you know, you were on the show a couple years ago. You've also done the Love Incubator. I don't know if it was before you were on on the podcast or after. Now, okay, after. I can't keep dates or timelines straight. So talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, where you were two years ago and what you've been working on in your love life and personal life. And and I think that's very actually intertwined with your career as as well. So update us a little bit. Sure. Um, When I first was um, on the show, I was uh, finishing my PhD. I'm still finishing my PhD and I'm also working part-time and I'm working across various different projects. And, you know, I had been on the podcast uh, just before I joined the Love Incubator the last time. And I basically thought it was the moving parts of my life that was keeping me from the love or the kind of lifestyle and the whole overall process that I wanted to be part of. And it just seemed always out of me that I felt like my desires were outside of what I wanted. Um, I think through working with you, that was a very eventful summer for me for multiple reasons, but also in the container of doing inner child work and going deeper and deeper with it, I actually reframed my desires in a very different way. And my interests about like what I want for myself, what I want in a partner, what I want in a lifestyle have shifted pretty dramatically, I would say internally, but that doesn't mean that I wouldn't go back to if the original desires that I had two years ago, if just that popped into place that I'm just going to deny it, but I'm not as wedded in a desperate sort of clingy way to those perfect vision as I am now. And I think that is because I realized how much society, family and upbringing and the values influenced my tastes and how that's not really the full story of my taste. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So can you just, so for clarity's sake, just briefly, like what were the previous, like more society friendly, whatever (laughs) everyone would put it. Sure. You know, yeah. So like I grew up in a really sort of heady academic background and people were always going on about achievement. Uh, And that's not necessarily academic achievement. People were going on about somebody else's, you know, uh, business or somebody else's artistic or creative abilities. People were just really looking at the people that stood out and did well in society by whatever standard. And everybody was like competing for the spotlight in some sort of way. And I didn't realize that I had really internalized this to this extent. Yeah. And I 
basically refocused on my desires and who I wanted to be. And at the time, I think like I was, you know, very much validated for the academic path that I had taken through life. And, and I still am. But right now, like, I am just like, okay, that's a journey that I had, and it's going to come to an end, hopefully sometime this year. And I am very open to being creative in whatever scenario fits me well, fits my values well, rather than it fitting a certain kind of job or a certain kind of lifestyle. Actually, more than anything, I would feel stifled by it now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And similarly, when I was dating and looking for partners, I would try to like see how they looked on paper more rather than try to see like, even if we have chemistry, even before I was like, am I like, do I know if I'm going to be attracted if we're going to have chemistry in person? I was looking at like who they were in the world and how the world saw them. So it was just a, a kind of conditioning that does very good things to block out your own intuition and your own body's knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It completely takes you out of embodiment, which is such a shame, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so like now following embodiment, I continue to be surprised by the kind of friends I get along best with, the kind of dates that I have the most fun in, and it has nothing to do with the kind of thing that I thought I should be doing because that's the realistic path for me. And these are the kind of people that would fit my lifestyle. And if, you know, if I were to, I, I basically had inklings that this would maybe happen, uh, but I had suppressed those inklings, but I would not be recognizable to myself from two years ago because I was so, so concerned about having a physical address in one place. And I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Like, you're just supposed to get your shit together in a way that looks a certain way. Yeah. And that means having an address in one place and you are enrolled in particular activities that you go to every week. And that's just how your life grows in one place. And yeah. that means you're adult. You have basically worked out all the stuff that you're supposed to work out before you settle down. And once you settle down and you're on that path, you can call in your like long-term relationship yeah well fun fact between 2008 when i graduated college and 2020 i did not yeah. live in the same place more than two years <laughs> some was on yeah. purpose some not so much on purpose so i i totally understand that yeah i mean I, I i don't think one's better than the other it's just they're 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 different and it's not like one is more conducive to a partnership because sometimes you can live somewhere forever but then kind of get stuck in a relationship because you don't have a good reason to break up <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah yeah so, like shit can happen anywhere i also just wanted to highlight for everyone listening when you talked about i can't remember the exact words you use but basically like how the embodiment allowed you to um experience different kinds of people whether it was like a friendship or a date because when we have checklists or perfect partner lists or whatever we want to call it in our head then basically what we're telling ourselves is that we know all and we know what's best. And oh, yeah. in many yeah. ways, like you do know what, like you know what's best for, for you, but also there has to be this room for possibility or the unexpected or miracles, like however you want to describe it. Um, because otherwise, yeah, you just, I don't know, at least for me, I know I dated the male version of myself for years and it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't even think it was like the male version of myself uh-huh. I that I was trying to date or anything like that. But I was just like, you know, they should have this kind of education. And that would mean X, Y, Z about them. And if they have this kind of job, that means X, Y, Z about them. And, I, and I'm not talking about I'm going for people in like finance or stable jobs even. I was just trying to use a heuristic that just doesn't work. Yeah. I think like one of the things that I really got clear on through this process is values actually matter, values and lifestyle more so. And and there are things that have stuck from that time. And it's a it's a values thing rather than like this is what it looks like on the outside thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've had some really surprising experiences that I would have never thought would have happened to me. Yeah. Uh about like, oh, I that was a fun experience. Um, and I didn't expect that somebody like me who's more nerdy and academic would go along with someone who is, for example, a German techno DJ. Like never in my mind would <laughs> that have happened before. But it has now. Right. <laughs> um so it's uh, it's interesting, but one of the things that does happen, I think, like after you do the embodiment work and you kind of clear out the limiting beliefs that other people have pushed on you and like this is what you should do. It doesn't mean that you're 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 still attracted to the people you're dealing with, right? Like it's not like, you know, you still find them attractive. It's just a different energy that you possess that doesn't make it so weird and awkward like you're trying to fit a round hole a round peg into a square hole or something like that um it just it it, the flow is very different yeah yeah i get that yeah okay so let's see i think that's a good transition point um so where are you now i don't necessarily mean literally although of course you can answer that if you want because i know that is kind of your question that you're coming in with but you know, with, with coaching, the way I like to see it is that you have a point A when you start the work and then you have a point B, meaning like that's your goal. And then you get to point B and like the funny thing is, some might call it funny, some might not, is that, oh, you're just at a new point A because now you have like this new horizon and that's your new point oh, yeah. B. Yeah. So, okay. So you're at your point B slash new point A. Tell us what that is and then what your new point B is. And that's what we'll, I'll help you with today. Sure. Um, I am still finishing up my PhD. Things took longer than expected because of pandemic and the fact that I'm working a part-time job. And, you know, I thought I would be settling in a new city uh, back when I first talked to you. Uh, Things haven't worked out in that way. I'm, you know, I'm still working the same job uh, part-time, but because of, you know, the way that uh, remote work is possible now and the way that of the very nature of my work, I'm getting to do the same work internationally, but not as a remote worker, but I'm actually being flown into different places and doing work and there in, in those different countries actually, uh, and continents. So it's really exciting for me because, you know, when I was in my early twenties, when I was in my teens, more than anything, I wanted to travel, but I had no money. And it was like such a pipe dream to me at the time that I'm going to do all the countries and I'm going to have so many friends. I'm going to have really rich experiences, but now it's happening in my early thirties. And in some ways I'm having trouble placing that, placing my identity as part of that, because this is the time when I thought I'd be settled down and I would have all of that out of my system. And if I was traveling, it would be with like my partner 
or something more, you know, settled uh, and not just, you know, bouncing around because of my own creative work. Right. And my creativity has really flourished. But the bad thing, I I wouldn't say it's a bad thing, but the, the challenge right now is dating when I know that I'm going through an identity shift right? The way that I used to see myself two years ago is no longer the case. Mm-hmm. And the kind of people I'm attracting from inside to their outsides are so different that I don't even know what the kind of life that I will end up having with a long-term partner. But that's kind of getting ahead of myself. In the process of dating, I just feel there's a certain kind of moral resistance that comes up right now because um, I feel like there are certain things that I'm doing too late uh, and there are certain actions that I am or, or certain situations that I find myself in that would have been maybe more socially acceptable to find myself in my early 20s rather than in my 30s, which is that I am trying to find a long-term partner. But in the process of doing that, I'm going on dates. Sometimes there is safe containers for intimacy or there are safe containers for what you have called conscious hookups. And I am becoming more embodied and I'm becoming more confident about my ability to vet people and to see whether our values and our vision for a relationship align. But obviously through this process, and I hate using this word because I don't really believe it should matter, but I know this is where the emotional resistance comes in is my body count is going up. Like, I hate to say that, but that's what's happening. And then I sit back and I judge myself and try to be better perfectionist about these weird things so that I don't like increase my body count. Let me just, you said body count. Yes. Body as in like the number of people you've slept with. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of where I'm kind of hitting against a sort of wall or a paradox because I love exploring my sexuality, but I'm also like, you're 33. What are you doing? You should be settled down now. This is not the time. Just pick someone good and make a good choice and don't like raise your body count. Yeah, that's interesting. I always heard it as like, what is it like slashes on their headboard or whatever? Yeah. I never heard body count. (laughs) Yeah, notches on your head post. (laughs) Yeah, notches on your head post. That's what it is. Okay. So, I mean, listen, like the thing about inner work, specifically inner child work, but really any, any kind of inner work is that there's no, there's no like advanced curriculum. In my opinion, I think that like, sometimes there is a lot of touting on like some more advanced, like spiritual or woo or manifesting things you can do. But I think that's kind of all just gimmicky. It all comes back down to like, whose voices are these that it's wrong to have this you know, increased number or that it's wrong to explore your sexuality or that you ought to be settled down by the age of 33. Like whose, whose voices are those? And then once you answer that question, what version of you then needs support, right? It might be like an inner child, but it might also be like a younger version of yourself that was like maybe an adult or a teenager, an older teenager, because especially if there's like some sexuality going on, it may or may not be something that reminds you of something that when you're six, you know, it could, depending on what we're talking about. But it's just, it's the same kind of like, this isn't mine to hold. That actually hit me somewhere that I didn't expect it to. Yeah. I think it's definitely a teenager, early adulthood thing. 
Um, and also because I just told you that I don't know who I am becoming as I'm kind of shedding certain layers of my identity and the kind of people I'm being attracted to. And throughout my life, I've just been known as like a quieter person, somebody who doesn't like party that much, somebody who's uh, very deeply introverted. And I think I'm just struggling with seeing who I'm going to end up becoming. And that's really scary. Um, well, but me, even I just, now, I wanna, I, I'm, I'm glad you re reminded me that you said that because I did want to speak to that. Mm -hmm. Look, like I do think that there are periods of life when we go through bigger transformations and there are other periods of life where we're just kind of coasting. I don't think that's mm -hmm. a bad thing. Like, I think that's actually probably, probably pretty healthy. Um, mm -hmm. But even during those coasting times, even if you're not like intentionally meaning to, like we're always changing. Because again, whether or not we're like physically reading books or going on retreats or listening to podcasts or working with someone or whatever, you're still humaning. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Being a human in the world. And so you're still having experiences. You're still learning things. You're still learning things about yourself, about what you want, what you don't want. So we're always changing. You're yeah. always going through an identity shift. And again, like that's still recognizing that sometimes we're a little bit more in it than other times. But I, that being said, I don't think it's helpful to be like, well, I can't really date right now or it's hard for me to date right now because I, I don't know who I'm becoming. Like, I don't think anyone knows who they're becoming. Mm -hmm. And anyone that's holding you to like, this is the person that I was with when I went on the first date. Now, five years later, you're totally different. Like, that's probably not your person. <laughs> yeah. That's probably not most people's person because, you know, who's the same person they were five years ago? Like, I don't know anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. Sure someone, but like, you know what I mean? And so someone who is holding you to that kind of standard is just, it's never gonna be your person. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know how much you can really, I, you can do whatever you want, but I don't know how helpful it is to worry about who you're becoming and how that may or may not impact your dating. What you do know is who you are now. I mean, yes, that's a big existential question, but like you're pretty clear on your values and what you want, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's all that's important because you're on the date right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like when my husband and I started, you know, dating, like I was definitely like in the health and wellness space, but definitely more in like the yoga health coaching. Like, yeah, you know, he didn't know that I was going to like, nor did I know that I was going to, 
you know, really grow my spirituality, you know, through this whole process. And, you know, he's not like, well, you, you didn't do this when we first started dating, <laughs> you know, that, that would be ridiculous. That would be, that, that would yeah. be. And also like, yeah. to be totally honest, like this is why sometimes people break up because they grow apart. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's, I, I, I think that like breakups and relationships ending and divorce have like a stigma as like failure. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes people just change and they fall out of love and it's not the right relationship. Their values don't align anymore. Their interests don't align or their desired lifestyles. And that's fine. You you just hit the head right on something because, you know, regardless who I am today, I, I'm from a culture that is like, I, I my, my family is not like that, but like I'm from a cultural background that is conservative and that does... Yeah you know, value lifelong marriages and they they value the struggle of like keeping a marriage together that like for no reason other than it's together. Yeah. And, you know, as I'm navigating the world, I am coming up against that internalized sort of message that's not mine. It's just I've inherited it because of, you know, being this person that I am. And then I am navigating this world and sometimes I come across racism or sexism or whatever, because I'm a person of color. And then it almost feels like, you know, the, the safety of this like lifelong marriage, no matter what is going to like save me from the world and the way it is. And I become a little bit of a future tripper because I am, I'm in such a space where like, I literally don't know what's going to happen to me after August. So I am trying to figure out who's going to fit with me in a long-term, I'm not even going to talk about marriage right now, just like a long-term relationship. Yeah. And that is so difficult to imagine because nobody in my entire family history has done what I've done, which is be 33 and unmarried and not have a permanent location for more than like six months at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So I think there's a few things, very practical things that you can do here is one, write down all the beliefs you have around marriage. Like, what does it mean? What does it give you? You know, how do you benefit? And then go through, and like, I'm saying like, even the things that you might consider inherited beliefs that aren't helpful, (laughs) like, like write down everything. And then what is actually helpful, like a belief that you have around marriage or a long-term partnership and then what's a belief that's not helpful and that you inherited from, you know, either society or your family of origin or, you know, media, which is really society. An image that I really like to do with this when I'm like letting go of things is imagine like we're, you know, you're human, you're an entity, and we have all of these cords that are plugged in to different things, right? So you mm-hmm. might have a cord that's plugged into the idea that being married is like the holy grail of success for a woman. Or you might have another cord that's plugged into the idea that divorce is like the worst thing ever or whatever, you know, whatever beliefs come up. And then you just imagine yourself like unplugging those cords that aren't serving you. And yeah. you might need to do this like multiple times, probably not once is going to be enough. Um, but then also once you have this image, you can also just when you find yourself like kind of in a tailspin or like worrying about a situation or someone you're dating or like what's going on or what's whatever, 
like what am i plugged into right now is this is this thing that i'm plugged into helpful or not helpful because we can be plugged into help helpful things right you can be plugged into the idea that sometimes relationships complete and it doesn't mean they're a failure that might be a helpful thing to be plugged into right um and so you can imagine yourself like plugging in to to that power source or or whatever mm-hmm. you know because i i, I don't know i i really like this this image because sometimes like i think when we talk about like our societal beliefs that we came from or family of origin beliefs and then we're just like shedding a lot of that stuff it can feel a little like well then what's left <laughs> and yeah, we're still yeah. we're still humans and we're still like a part of you know the metaphorical village or whatever and so it doesn't mean like all ideas or all people or all communities are bad or toxic or don't have you know, helpful ideas. And so I, I think it's helpful, like, okay, what do I want to plug myself into? What's, what's actually going to support me? So I think that's helpful. And then also, you know, I hear you say, like, I'm trying to date, but I don't really know who's going to like, be okay with my lifestyle or my, the, the career and like, what that means in terms of like, not being in the same place or or whatnot. I totally hear that. And I also don't think it can be necessarily the place that you lead from because you never know. Yeah. You know, I'm very surprised. Yeah. Especially today, like post pandemic. And I know like it's not really post, but you know what I mean? Like remote work is like not what it was before, you know, And, and there's all kinds of way people can make money outside of like a more traditional job. And so there's just lots more, people with opportunities or options to have an untraditional, you know, lifestyle or career path. And so I think that, and, and look, like I, there are challenges for sure with like traveling around a lot and not being in the same place. I experienced a lot of it. Like I said, I didn't live in the same place more than two years for 12 years. I get it. And also it's not true either that like, it's impossible to find somebody, Mm. you know, And it doesn't mean there's not extra challenges or extra obstacles. There may or may not be, you know, just depending on the circles that you're traveling in. I think I dated from a place of like, this is impossible. I just need to be in the same place. And then, you know, God laughed because that didn't happen even when I meant for it to happen. (laughs) But, but this is, this is, this is a little bit of the, like the checklist syndrome we talked about earlier. I did not see it that way. Yeah. Um, like, because I was like, yeah, nobody would want me because I'm like, this is the weird place I was coming from, right? Like, I was like, well, I'm just passing through here for the next however many months. And I don't think anybody would want me. And the people that would want me probably don't want a long-term relationship. And sometimes I would actually end up finding people that were just not looking for anything long-term. And I think that was like a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah, of a kind yeah. That that's yeah. and and look like I'm not saying that like you're not going to come across someone who's like, oh you're you're leaving in three months like not interested like you are going to come across people like that. I'm not saying they're bad people. They they're allowed to have their preferences as well. Um, I can remember once like when I finally moved to Washington D.C. and I was like, all right, I'm staying here. I'm meeting somebody. Um, of course, I, I did meet someone. Didn't stay there, but I do remember actually meeting someone who was very upfront. I really liked him. I was He was really upfront about how he was going to be moving to Italy. I think it was even temporarily, but I had been like traumatized by these previous relationships with these guys all friggin' leaving me. And I was like, no, not doing that again. 
And I, that's that's allowed, right? I'm allowed to have my preferences. So you're going to just assume you're going to come across people who are like, you're leaving. No, not interested. But yeah. you might meet someone who's like, well, you know, I've been kind of wanting to get out of here. Yeah. You know? And yeah. that's kind of what happened with Stevie and me in DC. Like, we both kind of wanted to, like, not be there anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? And so anything could happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's really helpful. And I think, like, one of the things that is really happening for me that's been a positive shift um, since we did coaching together through the incubator and just my excavation of like all the crap that I have inherited from my childhood, uh, family of origin stuff and and the relational dynamic between my parents and how that had imprinted itself on me. Like I have a lot of compassion for it. And now it's like, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to have fun. And then I try to have fun, but then new beliefs pop up, right? And it's just, it's some, I think it's like a clearing process, but I also have yeah. to work with detachment um, yeah. or not attachment rather yeah. Uh, to, yeah. to just like allow myself to have fun, allow myself to enjoy a life without beliefs that drain me and take away my like happiness. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. just go. I, I will it. tell you this, it's not like advanced by new stretch, but I will tell you that so when you when you're first starting inner work, like and it's new or especially inner child work, when it's new or newish to you, I do think it's important to really look at the beliefs that are dictating actions or lack of actions, and like really unpacking them and doing some inner child work and all that kind of stuff around it. At some mm-hmm. point, though, I do think it's beneficial to just be like, I'm not entertaining that anymore, because at some point, like beliefs just become a habit, just like how it's a habit to like any other physical habits, you know, we might have. And so I don't recommend this for people who have never done inner work or not, or haven't done a lot because it might feel a little like, you know, you don't necessarily have like, haven't gone through the clearing or developed the tools to like really understand and unpack why you might have a belief. But like, if you notice that you have like, maybe not the exact same, but very similar, like close cousins of beliefs that you've done a lot of work around, I think it's totally fine and can actually be really beneficial to be like, I'm not giving this more, you know, headspace. I'm this, I know this isn't true. I know this isn't me or I know this, whatever. And, you know, if something really is relentless, then you, then yeah, for sure. Like take some time, unpack it, see if there's like some inner child, another core wound, you know, stuff coming up. Cause otherwise, like, I do think the inner work becomes a little like exhausting. You can get burned out. Like, when is this going to end kind of thing? Yeah. So so once you have some of that inner strength, I think it's just like, yeah, I'm not doing that yeah. anymore. That yeah. that's really helpful too, because I I have been trying to do inner work, inner child stuff on like every little thing I find these days, and you know sometimes you go over one issue several times, like you know this issue that I had, I just came to you with like, why am I so weirded out by the fact that I'm in my 30s and now I'm getting a lot of attention and there are more sexual prospects than I've ever had in my life. Like, why is that tripping me out so much? <laughs> it shouldn't. It really shouldn't. If I read a story about somebody that it happened to, I'll be like, this is a neutral thing. But when it's happening to me, I am like, this is so un- weird that I can't, I can't believe this is happening. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's next. I don't know if any of these paths are going to lead me to the place where I want to be. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I think, I think that's a great example of just like, yeah, I'm not going, not going mm-hmm. down that path. Um, all right. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Still just enjoying the mystery of everything. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that phrase. Enjoying the mystery. Um, yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what life is. Sometimes you just have to embrace that. We just don't know anything. And then life all of a sudden gets a lot easier when, when you embrace that. So anyways, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I hope this was, I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Antoinette, for coming onto the show. As always, I appreciate everyone who comes onto the show and your courage and your vulnerability. Now, before I get to my wrap up of my coaching call with Antoinette, I actually meant to say this in the beginning on top of the episode, I just, you know, got totally wrapped up in what I wanted to talk about in terms of the journey, not the destination. But that is I am going on maternity leave in about six weeks from the time that I am releasing this episode. And so it's a little challenging to take on, you know, my full deep work, deep love clients right now. I have started some clients knowing that, and you know, they knew that there would be a break when I had the baby, and then we would resume back in the fall, if you were still interested in that. And that would give you an opportunity to either pause payments or prolong payments. You can reach out to me over at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Um, But if you are listening to this episode around early May, early to mid May, I am offering a limited time opportunity to work with me with just a one month contract, basically. I don't often do this because it does take time to implement and to really, you know, work through the transformation of whatever you're going through in that moment. Um, But just given, you know, the nature of what's going on in my life right now, um, and maybe you do want to try out coaching, but you don't want to jump into like a full, you know, four to six month program with me, this could be a really great fit for you just to one, see if it is something that you want to do more long term, or a financially long term thing is in the cards for you, this would be a great opportunity for you as well. So um, if you are interested in that, really time is somewhat of the essence here still because I am going to be having a baby in about six weeks, seven weeks or so. So we do need to get the ball moving. Um, So if you are interested in that, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And there just somewhere in that application, just let me know that you're interested in the one month version of my coaching program. It's just so I know, you know, when we hop on the introductory call. The other way that I am working with clients until maternity leave is also with my uh, financial consulting. So a lot of you all joined me for my um, Run Your Money Masterclass and the Pay Off Your Debt Masterclasses. Um, Those classes are actually available for you on demand if you want. We'll put the link in the show notes. Um, So you can go download those or really stream them anytime you want. Again, those links are there. But if you do actually want me to work with you on looking at the numbers, creating a plan for you, coaching you through some of your hiccups and things still that are like poking around in there around your relationship money that might be tied to inner child work or some other kind of core wounding, then I am still working with clients at a introductory rate for those sessions. If you're interested in that, um, I don't actually have a formal page. Well, I do have a sign up page, but the link is like, you know, really, really long. So what I want you to do is if you're interested in that, email me hello at veronicagrant.com or send me a DM on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant. And let me know that you want to book a financial consultant session with me. And that basically is a 90 minute session 
where we'll look at all the numbers, we'll look at internally what's going on for you with money, and you'll walk away with a money system that is customized for you and your goals, as well as some tools to help you with the inner work around your money so that you can more confidently spend, save, and invest. And then you have two weeks of email coaching where you can send me emails, um, ask me questions just as you implement and tie everything up that we've been talking about in our initial session. And then we have a 30-minute follow-up session just to make sure questions are answered, tie up any loose ends, et cetera, et cetera. So if you are interested in booking that before I go on maternity leave, then again, send me an email, hello at veronicagrant.com or send me a DM Veronica E. Grant, and I will send you all of the information, including the sign up link, pricing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, these are at introductory pricing or is at introductory pricing. So when I come back from maternity leave, these sessions will be, I'm not exactly sure a bit how much more, but certainly a bit more. Um, so it's not, you know, I'm offering the introductory pricing, not because I'm like, oh, I don't really know much about personal finance. I know my stuff. It's more about I'm just testing out the exact flow and process that I take clients through. And so because I'm testing out that specific process, um, I'm offering these at a discount to you. All right. So I look forward to hearing from you if you are interested in that. Okay. So to recap Antoinette's episode, I'm not going to talk too much more about the internal and also external transformation or transition that she's going through only to say this. And I think I said this to her, but I just want to reiterate it because it's really important. Different people want different things. And just because you are in a period of transition and that you might perceive that as something that makes you unavailable or or ineligible or whatever, it's not necessarily true. People want different things and you never know. I say this all the time. I, I mentor a lot of new coaches. And one thing I always say is let people tell you they can't afford you rather than assuming that they can't afford you and never even giving the invitation or making the offer of how you can help them, how you can support them, whatever services that you offer. And it's the same thing with dating. Let someone else tell you that they're not interested in whatever this transition is that you're going through because you never know what people want. When Stevie and I met, for example, I think he'd been wanting to leave DC for quite some time. He had been there since the beginning of college. So he had been there for, I guess, at that point over a decade. And I think he had some opportunities in his career. If he took the job, it's the same job or the same company, same as federal government, but um, he could have taken the job in Dallas, which would give him more growth opportunities. And, you know, a lot of women might be like, eh, I don't want someone who's thinking about moving, right? Because that might mean the end of a relationship. And I mean, just for myself, I had been that or through that a million times in previous relationships. But when we met, I was kind of like, you know what, I'm not tied to DC. It's expensive. And that's really stressful on me. And also, I wanted to start this business. And so it was just easier to do that in a place that was cheaper, like Dallas, right? So you never know what people want. Let them reject you and let them tell you that they don't want where you are versus you just make all that, those decisions for other people, never even giving yourself the opportunity or frankly, the other person, the opportunity to start a relationship with you. Fine. The other thing I want to say, you're always changing and growing. You're always in that in-between point A and point B, the 
creating a new point A, getting to that new point A or new point B. I'm not going to talk too much about that. I talked about that a lot at the top of the episode, but just know you're always changing. So that's never really a reason to not date. There's lots of other reasons to not date, like really wanting to focus on you and prioritizing your own growth and healing. There are other reasons like just being tired or a little burned out or exhausted, but because you are in a period of growth, that alone, I don't think, is a very good reason to not date. And usually I would say that's probably wrapped up in some fear around finding some sort of excuse as to why, you know, dating is what it is for you in that in that moment. Okay, and then finally, you know, we talked a little bit with, or I talked a little bit with Antoinette around, um, you know, the attention she's getting and physical kind of relationships and feeling shame around that. And listen, this stuff runs really deep. I've had a lot of clients who have come from very conservative or religious backgrounds of varying sorts. And this is something that really takes a long time to unhook yourself from because it is so deeply ingrained. So And I find this to be even more challenging among my clients who identify as progressives or feminists, or when they're thinking about like somebody else, like, you know, sexual openness and all that kind of stuff. But then when it comes to their own life, it's just like these old like blankets of shame, just like cover, you know, almost smother themselves. Um, So inner child work definitely will help with this. And then a visual that I really, really like and this is something I learned, um, I believe from Carolyn Mace, is this idea of what we're still plugged into. So like, imagine you are an entity, well, you are an entity, you're a human, and you're plugged into different ideas. And some of these plugs may not necessarily be a bad thing, right? Like you might be plugged into, you know, women's empowerment, that's probably, you know, a good thing (laughs) to be plugged into, you might be plugged into environmentalism, and taking care of the environment and our earth and fighting climate change. You know, I would argue those are probably pretty good things to be plugged into. Um, But you might also be plugged into old ideas that sex is bad, or sex makes you a slut, or, you know, other things that you might feel shame around if you, um, you know, take the action or think about taking the action. And so what I like to do is when I have some of this shame that is really holding me back or just weighing me down. I think that's probably the better um, phrase to use, just weighing me down. I just imagine that there's somewhere in my body. So wherever I feel that shame, it's still plugged into this thing outside me that's telling me this thing is wrong or this thing is bad or this thing's not possible, whatever it is. And then I just imagine I'm just unplugging that cord from my body and, and then that entity, that belief system, like it's a big like cloud can just float away because I'm not plugged in. It's not hanging over me anymore. And you might need to do this over and over again. You might need to do this every time you've continued to feel shame about sex or whatever it is. But I really do love that visual um, just to give you something to work with when you are feeling it. Because if you go down the route of like, oh, I don't want to feel like this or oh, this is so stupid or why do I feel like this or what's wrong with me or da 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 all that's going to do is just make it, it's just going to keep recycling itself. And it's going to make that plug even more entrenched in your body. 
So I hope that helps. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, if you want a mini version of my deep work, deep love coaching program, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. If you would like to book a um, financial deep dive with me at introductory pricing before I go on maternity leave, send me an email, hello at veronicagrant.com or send me a DM, Veronica E. Grant on Instagram. And that's all I've got for you. Thank you so much for listening. And I will be back next week with a brand new solo episode. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.